everyone. Welcome to the March 15th ASF Weekly Science Podcast. First, I want to just remind everyone that Wednesday is, of course, St. Patrick's Day. Two things about St. Patrick's Day. Number one, it's the unofficial day of Phelan, P-H-E-L-A-N, lucky, a day of recognition and awareness for Phelan McDermott syndrome. I used to love wearing my Phelan Lucky t-shirt into New York City on the train on St. Patrick's Day. I would go with all the drunk teenagers and have all the drunk older men wink at me because they thought I was wearing a feeling lucky rather than Phelan Lucky t-shirt. I'm not sure what St. Patrick's Day will look like in 2022. Celebrations were obviously canceled last year and this year. Also, number two, in recognition of the Irish, I want to put a shout out to them because they have their own autism registry. Even though they're a small country, they are asking questions that are important to people with autism around the world. A group of researchers in Ireland actually collected information from children and adults with autism and was the first to find that poor sleep contributed to poor quality of life in adults. Now, we all know this has already been demonstrated in children and adolescents, but not adults. Not only do these sleep problems exist, but they persist into adulthood. Now, this finding has not been previously demonstrated, and also it's not known what percent of autistic adults show sleep problems, but this study put it at 89%. The study reiterates the need to prioritize sleep interventions in children so that they can improve quality of life across the entire lifespan. You shouldn't just start treating sleep problems when autistic adults turn 18. Surprisingly, gastrointestinal issues affected a large proportion of autistic adults, but those issues were not connected to quality of life. Now, I'm not sure why not when sleep was and social impairments were also linked to quality of life. But here's also a shout out to the Irish who recruited 70% of females into their study. That is unheard of. Congratulations. But today's podcast isn't focused on the Irish or green beer or wearing funny t-shirts. It's focused on a worldwide issue of global health importance, COVID-19. A few months ago, I reported on a study that was not peer-reviewed. It was just published online. It's called a white paper that said that people with intellectual disability had a high rate of mortality to COVID-19. Now, at the time, if you remember, I said I really wanted this study to be replicated and I wanted it to be peer-reviewed and submitted it to a journal because I felt that that would really strengthen the argument that people with neurodevelopmental disorders and intellectual disabilities need to be on the priority list for vaccination. Now, thanks to my borderline overweight body mass index, I was able to get a vaccination in New Jersey yesterday, my first and I was thrilled to see some special needs people on the line at the Edison Convention Center. Since they were getting the vaccine, I can only assume that they had a pre-existing comorbid medical issue because intellectual disability is not on the list of priorities for vaccination in New Jersey. They might live in a group home, they might smoke, or they might be overweight. But thanks to the next study I want to talk about, it's time to start heavily advocating people with intellectual disability and neurodevelopmental disorders to be put on the priority list. 
This study, which I'm actually going to attach to the podcast summary at asfpodcast.org, because I think you should all have a copy of it, was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And it did not just include data from one health organization. It included data on 68 million people across 547 healthcare organizations and looked at diagnoses of COVID and death from COVID across multiple conditions, including, but not limited to, intellectual disability. They also included things like congestive heart failure, hypertension, liver disorders, obesity, anemia, and of course, different age groups. They used ICD codes to classify those with an intellectual disability and then also the other comorbidities. Now, the authors acknowledge problems with this because people with intellectual disability may not have been recorded as having intellectual disability when they got the COVID diagnosis. They also recorded health conditions in groups from different Medicaid coverage, which kind of put them in a low socioeconomic status. So it was assumed that certain health care coverages meant that they were in low socioeconomic groups. So in the end, this left a data set with 64 million patients, of which 127,000 were patients with intellectual disabilities, and the rest were patients without intellectual disabilities. So here's the bad news. Of these, 558,672, or 0.87% of them, presented with a diagnosis of COVID-19. Now, patients with intellectual disabilities had higher rates of COVID-19 incidents than those without intellectual disability and were more likely to be admitted to the hospital if they were diagnosed with covid And those with intellectual disabilities and a diagnosis of COVID-19 also had higher rates of intensive care unit stay and were more likely to die following diagnosis of COVID, even in the same age group. Remember, people 80 and older have the highest rate of mortality due to COVID. So those with intellectual disabilities were more likely to die from COVID than any other condition. This may not be entirely surprising because those with intellectual disabilities were also more likely to have some of the pre-existing conditions that were listed as risk factors. They were also more likely to be existing patients of the institution where they presented with COVID-19. They were less likely to be in a higher age group and they were more likely to have a healthcare payer status associated with a low socioeconomic status. So these are intellectually disabled people who are dying younger and are in a low socioeconomic status. Patients with intellectual disabilities also had higher rates of all comorbidities other than cancer prior to COVID-19. So the results indicate that having an intellectual disability is the strongest independent risk factor for having COVID-19. This shows that those with intellectual disability are more likely to contract COVID-19, and it seems like when they contract it, they also die from it. This risk of death and diagnosis was also seen after controlling for things like comorbidities, but it is worth noting that the comorbidities were especially common in those with intellectual disabilities. These included things like congestive heart failure, liver disease, and lung disease. So what do we do now? 
A group of rare disease organizations with a high rate of neurodevelopmental disorders and intellectual disabilities have written a letter to be sent to the governor of each state. But you can do the same thing. Go to your governor's websites and write something in their comments. Tell them you want to talk to them. Here's some potential text, and I'm going to include it in the podcast summary. Here we go. As a patient and a family affected by intellectual disabilities and neurodevelopmental disorders, I ask that you include all high-risk patients and caregivers living with conditions like intellectual disability and neurodevelopmental disorders as a priority population in your immediate prioritization of FDA-approved COVID-19 vaccines. Intellectual disabilities have extensive and often severe comorbidities. Early prevention and intervention for COVID-19 are paramount, and this vaccine is critical for our high-risk community and for public health in general. Families affected by intellectual disabilities and neurodevelopmental disorders live daily with conditions including cardiopulmonary dysfunction, neurological deficits, seizures, vision and hearing loss, gastrointestinal issues, and autism spectrum disorder. A recent publication in the New England Journal of Medicine demonstrated a high mortality of COVID-19 in people with intellectual disability, and since groups with lower risk of mortality have been listed as high-priority conditions, we request that those with IDD be added immediately. As caregivers and individuals with autism in this community, we strongly believe individuals living with IDD or NDD who require daily hands-on care and their caregivers should be included in the high-risk population for risk of catastrophic outcomes, meaning death, due to infection of COVID-19. The effects of COVID-19 could be devastating for individuals and family members of all ages who are constantly at high risk for neurological and organ damage caused by potential infection. During the pandemic, these families have lost vital resources like physical, occupational, and speech therapies, and myriad interventions otherwise afforded to them. Compounded by COVID-19-related delays in routine public and private care management during to risk of exposure, many people have experienced regression, and the only way to safely resume these critical interventions is through immediate vaccination. Beyond the direct risk of COVID-19, the pandemic has had negative effects on the ability of individuals with intellectual disabilities to receive the health care and daily support they typically receive. We call on you to urgently prioritize all patients with intellectual disability and neurodevelopmental disability to be immediately prioritized in your state vaccination plan. Now, a number of advocacy groups, including Autism Science Foundation, Autism Society of America, and Autism Speaks, are working with the CDC on this issue, but we need your help. Governors listen to their constituents. You can call them or leave messages on their website or just email them. The more, the better. Now there is scientific data to help you. I'm also going to add an article that ASF helped put together on the effects of COVID-19 on service disruption, which will also help elevate this, this argument in terms of the need for us to be vaccinated. Good luck. And on Wednesday, show your support for both the Irish and those with Phelan McDermott syndrome by wearing green shamrocks. Thanks and have a great week.